we are really ready to look at the negative things, but we rarely pay attention to all the other things. I'm Leon Guidry, and this is the Brother Be Well podcast, sponsored by Blue Shield of California's Blue Sky Initiative. Today, we're addressing trauma and healing with an emphasis on boys and men of color. It's about to get real with our hosts, experts, and guests. Gather around, y'all. Hi, I'm Michael P. Coleman, Content Director for Brother Be Well. Today, in one of a series of Brother Be Well conversations on trauma and healing, made possible by the support of Blue Shield of California's Blue Sky Initiative, we're talking about journaling and storytelling as methods for alleviating the symptoms often managed by the 223.4 million people, 70% of the U.S. population, who have experienced trauma. Joining me for this conversation on journaling and storytelling is integrated behavioral health specialist and Brother Be Well clinical advisor, Julio Cruz. Julio, how you doing, sir? I'm doing good, Michael. Thank you for having me back. Thanks a lot. Let's get right into this conversation, Julio. I appreciate you. You know, as a writer, I was excited about this one. I've known for a while now, and I guess it was kind of intuitive that writing could be healing. It certainly is for me. As I got ready to talk to you, I found out that I'm far from the only writer who feels that way. And in fact, there's a lot of empirical data to back that claim up. If you would, please talk to us about the connection between writing and healing. Absolutely. I think that uh, it's a very easy way and very inexpensive also an effective way to uh, practice some coping mechanisms, right? Like putting your thoughts and your feelings into a piece of paper or like, you know, you can do a journal through an app or the computer, whichever way it is that allows you to like get out all those emotions and explore them and see them from different eyes of just those words and those emotions and those feelings living in your head. You know, there's a lot of distinction. You know, people talk about journaling and storytelling kind of synonymously. I don't know that they're completely synonymous. So let's talk about really journaling here. So, you know, most people think about it as a daily activity. You sit and kind of record either highlights of the day or some people do it verbatim. How specifically can keeping a journal help you with healing from trauma? I think that, um, I can speak from my own experience. It allows me the opportunity to pour on a piece of paper what my experiences are. Like there's little things that trigger my PTSD, my post-traumatic stress disorder at times in my daily life, right? So I carry a journal at work. I have one at home and it allows me the opportunity to not let those feelings like fester in my head. I just put it onto a piece of paper and it's kind of like giving the power of those emotions to that piece of paper, right? To be like, hey, there it is. It's now yours. And I can revisit it whenever I feel like it. I really love that. And I used to be better at journaling than I am now. I've gotten away from it lately, but I sometimes regret it. We're we're two years into uh, at the time we're recording this, two years into uh, the COVID pandemic. And I really wish on day one of that, COVID shutdown, I had started a journal because my emotions were all over the place and it could have helped me to kind of process things. And as you said, put it away and then move on. It's a good, great technique, I think. Absolutely. And it's something that you can always go and look back to, right? I've been journaling for a very long time. So I remember when I first started journaling and like talking about like to, to my book about like 
my experiences, how I felt, the thoughts that I had. I went back to look at some of the journals that I have from from the past, right? That I was like um, having emo- particular emotions about like the pandemic that some of us lived through the 80s and 90s and all the people that we lost and how those fe- how that felt. And it has helped me to look back and be like, hey, there's hope. This shall also pass. There is some similar feelings that I have now that like looking at the way I felt before that I'm like, how did I go through it? How did I process all of this? And it's helping me to look at some of the emotions that I have now. So it's not only good for the moment, but something to look back to when we are going through certain feelings, emotions, traumas. It's a, it's a great tip. I hadn't thought about it as being something that you could look back to and you've always got it there with you. So I'm going to, I'm going to grab one of mine from behind me and take a look back at years past and see how that. Absolutely. I think it's kind of like your own encyclopedia, right? Like remember some of us were older. We used to have like volumes of books of encyclopedias were like, now you can go into Google and search whatever it is. Think about like your paper Google or like for some people who do like, uh, application journaling or online journaling, you can go back and look into it and research. How did I feel like back in 2020 when this started, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fascinating. Be a lot of help, I think, to a lot of different people. Appreciate you sharing that. As I was getting ready to talk to you, Julio, on a, on a site, psychologytoday.com, I found some research that shows that the key to healing from traumatic stress is telling your own story. Um, I was recalling a, a period in my past where that was the big hang up. I, I had I had, you know, mentors tell me you can't talk. You know, I was in an organization where we had a spokesperson. So we had to let the organization spokesperson tell, tell the story. And for me, that was quite difficult because I, I needed to tell it myself. So this research I just found reminded me of that period in my life. I wanted to check in with you. Why is telling our own story so very important if we want to heal and recover from from times behind us that might not have been so great? Uh, Nobody knows you better than you. (laughs) Nobody knows best whatever happened to you than you, right? And, you know, it can help you with trauma. And I just want to say, you know, uh, a disclaimer get to know how you're feeling and how ready you are for that storytelling. There are people who start engaging in therapy with a professional to be able to go through those processes, right? But like in a storytelling that you have the opportunity to revisit what it was and like think about like, yeah, I remember when I walk down the street, the sounds, the memories that like trigger some of my trauma, seeing certain things like, you can go back and be like, am I ready to confront some of those traumas as well as to give you an outside perspective of like, you know, this is my story, but it doesn't have to remain the story that I keep repeating. That's the story that gave me the tools to be who we, who I am, right? Like honoring the resilience and Sometimes people say, oh, in spite, it's not just in spite, but because of what we went through, that we become the people that we are today. And, you know, although there are horrible things that happen to us through trauma, 
also looking at those stories that we write or we tell, we talk to a therapist, we put it in a book, whatever that way is, to help us realize that in spite of everything that happened, I was able to look inside with different eyes to have the the ability to overcome and to be who I am today. So powerful, Julio. So incredibly powerful. I'm I'm learning and talking to people like you and doing a little research on my own that journaling is actually very, very good for the brain. How how so? Well, you know, it's it's an exercise, right? We need exercise for um, the rest of the body. Uh, we need to make sure that we we keep engaging. And not only that, I mean, it helps to reduce anxiety. It's very therapeutic because now it's not, as I said before, it's not that thought that is festering in your head. You're able to put it on the piece of paper and give it, give it to it, right? It also inspires to look at like, hey, I can share this ability. There's groups of people who share whatever happens in their journaling or take the opportunity to uh, evaluate how I'm doing today. Like one of the things that is very important to me is to have gratitude, gratitude about living the day today, to have the ability to overcome all those things. So sometimes I look at my journal and I'm like, wow, the fact that I'm here today, the fact that I'm alive, I had to be thankful. I had to be grateful. And also what can I do to help other people overcome all of this. And I try to journal a little bit at night because it's kind of once again, like I give it to the journal, right? I do uh, I do meditation, I do prayer, I journal, and I just go, there it is. It doesn't have to stay in my head and spin around. Before we dig into this, some of this brain chemistry stuff, you just mentioned gratitude. So I want to touch on that because a lot of people use journal, a gratitude journal. Those became kind of popular a few years ago. I'll, I'll share, Julio, the first time I tried to do that, I'm embarrassed to say this now, but I had trouble. I, I remember sitting there thinking, you know, I was supposed to come up with five things I was grateful for for that day. And I struggled one particular night. And the breakthrough night was when it came to me, something that you just said. I'm grateful that I made it through the day. Yes, it was a tough day, but I made it and I am here and I'm in a safe bed in a safe house and I'm about to go to sleep. And I had my five things done just like that. So journaling can really, I love the way you put it. You can kind of, I think of it kind of as a, a dumping. You can dump it out, get it out of your brain, get it out of your heart, get it out of your spirit, put it on a piece of paper, go to bed. I love it. And don't ever feel embarrassed or shame or anything about like not being able to come up with like five, six things that we're grateful about because that's the way we're uh, trained, educated, or socialized, whichever way you want to look at it, right? Um, I have a conversation with people sometimes about like, we are really ready to look at the negative things, but we rarely pay attention to all the other things. And it may be a survival mechanism. It may be the way we're socialized. But like when you leave your house and you're going to go to the store, you're going to go to Starbucks, and it's like within walking distance of your office, your house, whatever it, it is, like if you really pay attention to every single thought, it will be maddening, right? Like your brain has to tell you, 
we're going to go down the stairs. And when we exit the, the building door, we're going to make a left. And we're going to get to the corner. We have to cross. And then we're going to plow, like every single step that your brain thinks. But all of a sudden, you run into somebody that you had a bad experience with or somebody you heard yelling at somebody else the week before and they're on the other side of the street and they happen to look your way and your brain gets fixated on that. That's a mean person. And if they look at me, it's because they're criticizing me, they're making fun of me, or they're saying something to somebody about me. So all of this is like things that we're programmed to do. We forget about the beautiful tree, the roses that were on the side, somebody who had a little uh, planter, uh, the person who smiled at you when you walk. So it's like doing that exercise about like, I'm not just going to pay attention to the negative things that happen, but I'm going to pay attention and exercise my brain to recognize the positive and the beauty of everyday life. Mm. If you would, sir, why don't you join me on this platform for Brother E. Well, let's do let's have a cold conversation about gratitude. I think it'd be powerful. Absolutely. Let's do it. For this particular one, we're talking about brain chemistry and, and changing your brain via storytelling and journaling. And so I, I want to dig just a little deeper. I've learned that the hippocampus is the part of the brain that we actually use for storytelling. Um, you and I, I, I'm pretty sure it was you and I. I know it was. We we did a trauma and healing video on holistic treatment options with regard to mental health. So if you would give just a bit of a teaser to that one, Julio, for somebody who hasn't seen it, how can we make sure holistically we are giving our hippocampus everything that it needs in order to do what it needs to do? Your hippocampus uh, exercise needs to be stimulated. It needs to have good nutrients, uh, be nourished, uh, have plenty of water, make sure that your brain is hydrated and that you challenge it, right? That you challenge your brain so your hippocampus can exercise. Uh, you can do puzzles, you can do uh, play chess, uh, anything like that to help you to keep a healthy brain. And when we talk about holistic approach, I think about also like, the foods that we're putting inside of us, being hydrated, making sure that we're healthy, that we're exercising, that we see the doctor, that we have talk to a therapist, whatever it is that is going to help all of that so our brain can be like, hey, I'm not in survival mode, I'm in healing, growing mode. Love it. Absolutely love it. Now, I have one more. Uh, breathing. We talked about that as well. Grace Cecilio is our mindfulness expert at Brother Be Well. If you need to learn how to breathe, Grace can show you how to do it. So check out one of those videos at brotherbewell.com. Let's talk, Julio, if we could, about um, we've talked about how journaling can be helpful. There are a lot of different ways that we've touched on already. I'm curious about how it might be harmful. We might want to be a little careful as we start to write things down and dig in if we're not doing it with some type of, of, of assistance or guidance from a professional. Yes? Absolutely. I think that it's kind of like when when you're going to change your diet and you're going to start exercising, one of the recommendations is talk to a professional before you start doing any of the things, right? If you have the ability, talk to a professional, talk to somebody that uh, in any of the fields, whether it's a therapist, a counselor, substance use counselor, an integrated behavioral health provider, that can tell you, hey, you know, 
pace yourself, get to know your limits, get to know what you can write. Um, you know, sometimes we want to jump into like, I have to write every day and I have to pour all my emotions. And it's kind of like the same thing that many people who make the commitment in New Year's that I'm going to go to the gym every day. I'm going to work for an hour and a half and they burn themselves out and they are a bomb because they are not able to do it. As I said, your hippocampus is a muscle, right? That needs to be nourished. It needs to be trained. It needs to be exercised. So exercise, journaling, practice it. See how you feel. If it's something that is comfortable for you, and sometimes we're not ready to talk about all the emotions that we have, think about the journal as a new person you met. When you're talking to a new person, you don't immediately tell them all the dark, painful secrets or experiences or trauma that you have. You get them, you, you start telling them a little bit about what makes you you, who you are right now, and then when you start feeling more comfortable, then you start opening up. And you say, hey, you know, sometimes I behave this way because this happened to me. And you may not go into all the details. Same thing with your journal. Just start putting a little bit of what's happening and then recognize that you may not be ready to tell your journal everything. And then you pace yourself and then you look back at it and you can see it from a different angle, right? One of the ways that I think about, like, how do I know I'm ready to pour more into my journal when I read it and I have a different emotion than when I wrote it. And I'm like, wow, I went through all that, but now I have gratitude. Now I learn. It's not as painful as it was because I have a different feeling about who I am. Julio, you have got such a beautiful way of... um conceptualizing connections that I just never saw before. I never have thought about a journal as a person. When you said, think about it as you're meeting a new person. And that's so obvious now to me, of course, you don't, you're right. You don't meet someone for the first time and then tell them about, you know, all the intricate details of the last even day. You wouldn't meet a brand new person and say, oh my God, let me tell you everything that went wrong today. You kind of take it slow. So I've just never thought of my journal that way, but Honestly, I'll never think of my journal the same way again after that. I really appreciate that. Yeah. Really appreciate that. The friend that is there for you when you need it and ready for you at any moment. Wow. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Thank you, sir. I think it's important. We've talked about these journals. They're they're fairly inexpensive. Many of us have smartphones and there's like the, the joke, there's an app for that. Many apps for that, actually. But, you know, a notebook is, is pretty inexpensive. You can grab one. A pen is pretty inexpensive. So, it's something that most people can do. Can you give us a few concrete tips on how someone maybe that's new to journaling can can do it, can use journals quite effectively? Absolutely. I think that um, if you don't want to have an application, you don't want to have, uh, you don't want to pour your emotions online because, you know, it can be intimidated to go online and be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to put it out there. And we know that whatever goes online stays in there forever. But, like, go to a bookstore. Like, uh, go to uh, a place where you can, like, take a look at the at the journals that they have. Find the one that jumps at you. Some of them, my favorite one, the one I have, it tells me, like, today practice 
uh, an act of, of, of compassion for somebody else, right? So I write, today I was able to do this for a person, and then there's another section that tells me what was the most painful thing that happened to you today or the biggest challenge you faced today. So I write a little bit about it. If you have the ability to change something for tomorrow, what would that be, right? So there is like so many different ways, like getting to know what is challenging you, how you feel more comfortable. And if you just want to use a regular, like 99 cents store, like a notebook, it doesn't cost anything to go to the library, to go to a bookstore, to look at journals that they have or to go online and see, hey, how do these people journal and copy some of the ideas that work for you? So it's a great, great, great tips. I really appreciate all of those too. That journal of yours sounds pretty fascinating too. I might have to find one like that. Um, as we get ready to wrap up, Julio, you know, we're kind of a, a, a microwave society. I've said it before. And so we, <laughs> we all want a quick fix. We want it to all be perfect tomorrow. So I thought I'd ask you as an integrated behavioral health specialist, how quickly might journaling or storytelling begin to deliver someone from those trauma responses that we all want to get away from? How quickly might you be able to, to feel or sense a, a shift or a change? I think that is different for every single one of us, but using the analogy that I did about thinking of your journal as a friend, same thing when you're writing about your story, there may be little things that you start feeling better about, right? Or having that book that now you know I can put what I'm feeling into it. And you may not feel like this huge, like, relief, but there's at least a little bit of relief. Like, start building on it. Don't expect it to be, like, a miracle cure. Like, you know, when I think about what my journal is supposed to do for me or like telling my story to people. The reality is that a lot of my, my trauma took years for me to be able to get out of it. It took years for it to build. <laughs> and, you know, I was in an abusive relation for many years and I didn't see it. So I cannot expect that journaling or storytelling or therapy or anything that I'm doing for, I'm doing for healing it's going to work like this, right? It has to take time. But also with that, it's appreciating every single piece of progress that we make. If you write something and you look at it and it's like, you know, today somebody told me that I look good. I have that smile. That's progress. Somebody to tell you those glasses you're wearing are amazing. Write it down because now you have something to be grateful about. I love that. And I also love that that uh, you said that the trauma took a long time and the healing took a long time. I think I'd like to close with, we're worth the time. We we ourselves, you, you gotta learn to, to give yourself some grace and love yourself and know it's gonna take a little time, but I'm worth the time. And, Absolutely. and we're all worth the time. Julio Cruz, Integrated Behavioral Health Specialist and Brother Be Well Clinical Advisor. I love every single conversation I've ever had with you, sir, and, and feel blessed to be able to have an opportunity to share conversations like this with everybody. Thank you, sir. Thank you so much. I'm blessed to be here also. We'll see you next time. Appreciate it. 
And I want to thank our sponsor for this conversation, Blue Shield of California's Blue Sky Initiative. They sponsored these, this entire series of conversations on trauma and healing. That Blue Sky Initiative of Blue Shield of California's Blue's Access to Mental Health Support. You can learn all about the program at bluesky.blueshieldca.com. That's bluesky.blueshieldca.com. Another site I'll tell you about before you get out of here, brotherbewell.com. That's ours. And if you like this video, there are a whole series of videos, not just in this series, but on a variety of behavioral health topics, all targeting boys and men of color, 13 and up, African-American, Hispanic, Native or Indigenous, and Asian and Pacific Islander. You can check out all of those videos, audio podcasts, compelling pieces, all at brotherbewell.com. You can join as a member there, or if you'd like to sign up for our blog, the blog's completely free. Just give us your email address and you'll start to get notifications two or three times a week as videos just like this one go live. So check it all out, brotherbewell.com. My name, Michael P. Coleman, content director for Brother Be Well. I want to encourage you to do two quick things for me. Take great care of yourself and everything we're doing here is designed to help you do that. When you get that down pat, grab somebody, help them out, take care of somebody else too. Till next time, bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Brother Be Well podcast. I'm Leon Guidry. Shout out to our sponsor, Blue Shield of California's Blue Sky Initiative. It takes a village and we're doing our part to address and heal trauma while supporting parents and caregivers along the way. Thanks for stopping by. And remember, my brothers, be well.